Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. it again with the shades of blue soccer show gentlemen enough time has passed from that last game that i that i can bring a little energy tonight i was just listless sitting there staring at the television after a 7-1 7-2 defeat i wasn't quite sure how to react but time has passed i've got some topics on my on my mind to talk about how are the three of you doing this evening doing well sir how are you i'm doing all right david you were able to negotiate time away to to do this podcast that's right. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about how sad Sporting Casey made me. And then my wife and kids are going to go take a walk to make me happy. Okay, there we go. That was good negotiation. I'm pre- I appreciate it. We all appreciate your time here. So I guess we can talk about this most recent game here if you really want to. The 7-2 loss in Portland to the Timbers. Not much that I do want to discuss from this one. I have one overarching question for us this evening and it's really just so this game was kind of a low point I was trying to think of a low point for this team but before this it was really just not making the playoffs which is a very sad low point a very happy low point to have I guess but yeah I I can't recall a lower point than this in the last decade since the since the uh, MLS Cup in 2013 which feels like a million years ago at this point so a new low point, what I am interested in is how does this club respond? Where do we go from here? I'm not even necessarily saying this season. Uh, I would like to see some sort of a response this season. But, you know, just, just from here, I, the, this is a, a situation the club hasn't been in. And I think that that's, this is what I'm interested in from here. I don't, don't want to sit here and bitch about how bad the team is and if – Jonis is going to solve all the problems and we're going to charge into the playoffs this year. I don't expect that to happen. We can do that. We will do that later in the week and weeks after this. But tonight, I want to hear what you guys think, how you guys think this club will respond. So Thad, I'm going to start off with you. Actually, is it a low point? Let me start off with that. You took too long, so I'm going to cut you off. Is it, it is the low point, right? And how do they respond? It is absolutely a low point. Let's hope. Let's hope it is the low point for the season. <laughs> oh God, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. It can get lower than this, can't it? It, it can. There can be two seven-two results in a row, or and then they sell Daniel Shalloway, <laughs> <laughs> or they sell everybody. No, I, I man, I don't know. I don't know what the. I don't know. I mean, I know you're looking for some kind of good hot talk, hot take answer, but they could you know johnny might go into the locker room this week and just kick some ass and say we got to play better um you know management might be visiting peter and saying you got to get the shit straight 
Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think he's like in danger of being fired tomorrow, but he's got to feel some heat right now. Big heat. From himself, like just because he's putting it on himself, because if he's not going to get fired tomorrow, what heat is he feeling? I think there would be heat from management. I'm I'm not saying it's like fire him tomorrow level heat, but it's got to be like, you got to be getting something better here. We spent a lot of money. Yeah, guys, I don't, as, as vehement as I will fight anyone who's screaming fire Vermees right now, that's not to say that this wasn't a mess up, that the building of the roster this season wasn't a failure in, in hindsight. But it, I will always just come back to you like, my God, if you're going to fire Vermees, what, who else do you think is going to come in here and fix all these problems? It's everyone just wants to do It's just a thing people do in soccer. I don't know. Is it fans are just getting that from Manchester United that they do that every time they get fourth in the league, they just complain and want a new manager. Well, they also went 15 years with Sir Alex too. So yeah, but they won for 15 years. (laughs) And so did sporting. (laughs) Not not the same amount, but right. It's just a thing overseas. It seems like is they're quicker to fire coaches over there. And it seems like that's bled into this and it's just, no one knows what's going on. If, if we're not, if we don't make the playoffs and it's fire Vermees, it has to be his fault, but that's just not where I see this. And, you know, I, I would like to see them, you know, do something this year, whether it's, you know, the mentality of the team or bringing in a new player or, you know, I don't even know, but I'm, I guess it's even after this season is, is what I'm more interested in and how they like what, what the ownership, how the ownership responds to this and, you know, the convert like that, you just brought up the conversation about, we spent a lot of money. I, I want to hear what that discussion is after this season. Was that, did, is that deemed a mistake that they spent a lot of money? Are we not going to spend a lot of money anymore? I hope that's not the answer. <laughs> Robert, is it, are we going to keep spending money after this? Well, I'll tell you what, the TV deal, we don't know what's going to happen there. Um, this league, this, this team, this team is dependent on attendance, uh, for a lot of its income and we don't get the sponsorship dollars that other teams get. So I think this team more than others perhaps are dependent on results because of that. So, um, I think if the team sees benefits from spending the money, they'll do it. But I think at some point they're going to have to say, let's look at this a little bit closer and see where our money's going and it's going in the right place. Well, so what do you want from this team right now? After this seven to two loss, what is something that this club can do that shows you that they still care and, and will give you hope going forward? Well, on a macro level, I hope they are doubling down on their efforts to get a player that's going to make a difference in the midfield uh, during the transfer window coming up. On a micro level, uh, I think it's just looking inward. You know, Johnny implied that after the game with his comments, just everybody looking truly inward and look at themselves and saying, am I doing what I need to be doing day in and day out? And then, of course, you know, a lot of these goals, guys, they were the folly of youth. I have at least five goals marked where it was younger guys making mistakes. Understood, but uh, hopefully they're learning from them. And Robert, that's a good point that I've, I've questioned before, but... Uh... Everybody always calls for play the young guys. Sometimes this is what happens when you play the young guys. Yeah. Um, they don't know how to respond when that starts snowballing either. Yeah. That's and a I, difficult part for them. I'm not blaming the young guys in this case, but this is, right. I mean, sometimes you have really bad results when you do go a lot of young guys. And we had 
three U22 players on there at one point, three academy guys. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of issues with this team right at the moment, but I just kind of wanted to throw that out. Sorry. David, what do you got for us, man? What is this team going to do? Well, there's, first of all, there's a, <clears throat> there are a few points. One, you know, to Thad's point, to Robert's point about having a lot of young guys out there, this is exactly why you need to rotate in your young guys with your established guys so that they have minutes, they get experience, that you get Cam Duke and Caden Pierre minutes with the first team, with the, with the starting 11 guys, rather than throwing out an entire B team. Uh, we've talked about this a lot of times. Like Busio looked better playing with the starters than he ever did with the backups because they're not up to his level. They're not at his game speed. So I think that's been a huge issue we've had. As for it being a low point, I mean, we got waxed by LA Galaxy in 2019, and the, the last time we were real bad, uh, seven to two, and we came back the next year and won the West and were third overall in 2020. That's the year we went out and got Polito. Um, so I don't know that this means it needs to be the nail in the coffin for Peter. I think it's the nail in the coffin for the season. Uh, and for us to really do anything, we probably just need to go all in on the open cup uh, to try and get a trophy and get a lot of minutes for the young guys, get them, you know, I don't see a lot of value in playing Fontas a ton of minutes because while he's going to be better than Valadere, what is it going to get us? So moving forward, the question is, what do we do going into next offseason? Not the summer transfer window, but the primary transfer window for us in the winter. And it's probably time to turn over a substantial part of the roster. Going after a guy like Polito is a great move when you think you're one piece away from winning in the last cup where you just need that DP striker. But we have needs all over the field. And right now we've got a roster that doesn't have a lot of flexibility. We've got two DPs who are out. Um, and then Johnny's on another DP deal. And we need a lot of help. So it might be time to move on guys like Fontes and Izzy and Polito and potentially Kinda, uh, potentially Remy, the guys who are in their like mid to upper 20s, especially the guys in their 30s. It's time for Roger and Zeus to move on and to turn over the roster and start. Maybe we're bad for a year or two while we rebuild. That's probably where we have to go. Oof. I mean, this isn't the time to talk about it, but the fact that that even is a big part of the answer, that never should be that way. The preparation should have been better for the roster, so there is a smooth transition, if you will, as opposed to something like this. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think if we weren't, you know, talking about what David was just talking about of the two best players go down and everything else has fallen apart. So then we need to like, re, you know, redo everything. I think had the two best players not gone down, I think we were kind of in the middle of that season. We were like in the middle of that transition. There are some old guys that are leaving and there are some young guys that are playing, that were playing more this year. So I think that was the plan, Robert, but it, it obviously just hasn't shaken out that way. Yeah, and we can't forget the Mari situation as an impact as well. So. I keep forgetting Jose Mari. Oh my <laughs> god, how badly do we need that? What? How? How bad did he screw over this team by doing whatever he did? Ugh. I don't know that he did anything that was with a problem right there. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, we're not probably not allowed to discuss that too much or speculate wildly, but um, Robert, you said you mentioned 
the discussion earlier about you chalked up five of those goals to to young players, youth, but that's not something that's just that was isolated for that game. Like as it stands now, that youth is going to have to be playing a lot. I know, like we we just mentioned, they're not all going to have to be on the field at the way they were in the last ten minutes of that game, but. The, those young players are going to have to play. And so those mistakes are going to continue to happen, not five a game, <laughs> but it's just that, you know, you kind of, I just don't want to make sure we're chalking that up to like, ah, this, you know, just this game. Cause we have that youth and they're going to have to keep playing. And it, it, that is going to keep happening. And that brings up the, you know, we talked about it, play the kids. Was that, did we think the kids were better? Is that why people are saying that? Okay. Well, I mean, David might agree because we talk a lot about the midfield, but the midfield needs to do a better job of stopping these transitions before the young back line can be so exposed. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. But don't we need, I guess you're also asking for one of those young guys in the middle of the field to step up. And do that. <laughs> so like, in, in Felipe Hernandez, I guess would be, would be that one. You're asking one of them to be Roger when he was in his prime yeah because the team i mean as much as people have complained about roger which has been a little bit crazy it, it, totally acknowledging that he's not as fast as he was before or 90 minute fit as he was before but he still had that presence out there where nobody else on the team does i mean felipe's you know getting in that direction jake davis can get in that direction but none of nobody has the the Roger presence out there, and this team works well when there's a Roger presence out there. Another hole in the midfield for me, and I hate to say this, I don't don't tell 2013 Cody that I'm saying this, but Uri just doesn't seem to have it out there. He on on one of those goals, I, there were so many I don't even remember. One of them, he just it was an ugly bad attempt at breaking up a counterattack, which is his job and he's been doing it his whole career, but couldn't even get the foul. And they went straight down and scored and he got subbed off immediately after. And that wasn't the only time from that game or the only game this season. I have felt that. And is, is this just, is this what he, is this as good as he was in recent years? And I just wasn't paying attention with Orlando city because man, he, it has been a major, major drop off from Ilya. He has not been great with Orlando. Um, at one point, they went to the the two six, the double pivot, whatever you want to call it, formation, and I think that's actually where he's stronger. Although he keeps saying he's stronger as a single six, but I don't think he is, and that's my opinion. And that's why I love Yuri. I think he's a great guy. I mean, I think he's great to have on the team, but he shouldn't be the starting six unless something has went wrong, and obviously something has went wrong. Did you, but did you know that before this season? Like, is that a mistake we're putting on the building of the roster? Yes. Okay. I mean, I, I didn't sit there and just super heavily criticizing, but I know I made the comment that I don't think he's the, I don't think he's as good as what we want there. I'm not sure exactly how I phrased it, but yeah, I, I don't I think was he was with the right you. guy. I yep. wish I said. You were. I mean, we because because I, I hate to sit. To, I don't want to sit there and badmouth Yuri. You know what I mean? Because right, right. He's a wonderful human being. Um, but also, you know, still having Ilya would not be the answer. So true. It's we need something. Something needs to be done differently. Whether it's a different player, different formations that 
make the best use of the players instead of trying to make the players the best use of the formation. Right. I don't know if I said that well, but you know what I mean? Well, so let me ask this. The, the, as bad as the season is, theoretically, we can still turn it around and make a playoff run. Absolutely. Okay. I, Positivity. I, to, anybody, to anybody who's listening, I don't think we're going to win MLS Cup. Don't, don't put those words in my mouth. But the uh, idea is making it to the playoffs. I think we, there's still time to do it. So is the question not a tactical one? Should we not just become a bunker and counter team? It's clear that the higher the line, and part of why Portland put some passes is after they scored that second goal, we pushed the line of confrontation higher and higher to try and get back into it. And they kept exploiting us into space. So should this team not just be a bunker and counter team? And that might be the best use of Kyrie is not playing through possession and not asking him to play in tight spaces, but kicking the ball long and letting him run after it. Cause he's fast as hell. You know, Johnny's still pretty quick. Johnny's can run. Cam Duke is quick. Should we just be a bunker and counter team? David, I, that's a, that's a very good point to bring up here. Uh, you know, that's what I've been asking is what can, what can this team do this season? And that is absolutely one of those things. I think that's one reason many people are frustrated with Vermese, even if they, you know, may, may uh, uh, give an excuse to the roster construction. I think a lot of people are just upset with, you know, we're saying we can't, we can't score goals, but then the f- same front line gets pushed out there every time. So that is one major thing that I think, that this team could do that would just that would show that they're that they're still in it and that they are trying to win and that it's not we're not just like training these young guys to get beat in this system what i mean obviously that's totally not peter vermese what are the odds that z or carrie are saying those things in his ear and he's not listening or he's just hard to break down to do something like that and i don't know i mean um one of the strengths I mean, it, people complain for years now that Vermees rolls out a 4-3-3, the exact same thing all the time. It's never been exactly the same thing that the way right. that people see it. But there are, it is a basic 4-3-3 and with variations that he does. Um, when they do change that, when they do change up, it's often because, you know, they there's so many people shorthanded at a certain position or whatever. And it's typically a, a 5-3-2 or something like 3-5-2 or something along that line just because they have too many, they have too many fours out or something like that. But one of the strengths and people, you know, won't want to hear it, but one of the biggest strengths is that sporting has been consistent in how they play. It might be boring that they roll out the four, three, three, but when you plug in guy to, you know, position numbers two, he knows where to be because they practice it all the freaking time. He knows where the next guy is going to be, where the next guy is going to be, et cetera, et cetera. When in the uh, open cup game against Dallas, they weren't doing so good at the beginning, two goals down. They make some adjustments. They go back to closer to a normal four, three, three and a little luck, a little, um, you know, Dallas being stupid and not keep pressing and all these other things. But all of a sudden now it's a four, two win for sporting because they go back to their formation or at least closer to it. So it, it, changing formation might be the right thing to do, but it's going to be incredibly painful because none of these, professionals should be able to switch formations a lot easier, but when you've practiced the same thing and their whole system is built around that same similar style, it's going to be hard to just switch back. Cause honestly, when they're in a bunker formation at the end of a game, sometimes on the road, it scares the shit out of me because we know how many times they just leave a guy open in the box for a header. 
but that's also that they don't practice that that much, right? Like our default formation is playing a possession base um, and, and sure. drilling those tactics and drilling the passing movements and the runs. You know, if the team really decided to, to double down and, and focus on wanting to be a bunker and counter team, there'd probably be some growing pains for a few weeks, but, or you know, they, yeah, or more, but like, let's just say you switch the formation to a four, two, three, one. All that is, it's a four, three, three, but instead of playing Yuri as a single pivot defensive midfielder, you have two defensive midfielders and you would move Johnny and Shallowy back closer to the midfield and have Kyrie kind of isolated up top. But if the idea is to, to play more defensive and play over the top, that's fine because you want to be more compact. You want to force turnovers that allow you to play the ball into space and let guys like Kyrie or Shallowy or Russell run onto the ball. And we played a bunker encounter against uh, NYCFC, and it probably would have been much more successful if they weren't playing on that, you know, tiny little field. But let's say at Sporting Park, you know, fans are going to be pissed. We're going to have low, we would have low possession. It wouldn't be beautiful. But when you have spaces to let a guy like Kyrie run, I mean, I'll take him in a foot race over almost anybody else in the league. Fans are pissed right now. Right. Of course, doing that, David, might also mean that Fontes might be a better fit at left back than uh, Baladere, possibly. Yeah, it, it just depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking to salvage the season, probably do need to play Fontes. And if you're looking with an eye towards next year, I mean, realistically, and this is a different pod, but realistically, I'm not sure that Fontes is on the team next year. Right. No fault of his own, but he's on a lot of money. He's not young. Um, we just cut Ilya for the same reason. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. I'm still standing by my statement that he's our best center back and will probably be a starter again before the season's over. Probably when we're making our, our last playoff push and entering the playoffs, as David just indicated. So I have a question. This loss was really bad. Seven to two. And with each loss, I see one more, another person will tweet, surely this is it for Vermees. As in, okay, well, well, whatever. So my question is, is there a number of losses this season that would fire Peter Vermees? In, because in my head, the roster construction this season was the one, like, that's the mistake. That was the one failure there. So it's just, this is the bad season. Like, this is a terrible season. I don't see, a, you know, we're watching the fruits of it being a bad decision. If I don't, I don't think there's a number of games or a really bad game that would be, okay, now we fire Peter Vermees because it's the mistake has already been made. And I don't know that a few more losses make it, make it any worse. I don't know if it's, well, I guess losses lead to it because losses expose so many things. When you're winning, so many things are glossed over, but I think it's more of if he loses the locker room. Yeah. Yep. Is he even close to that? Possibly. I mean, we, I mean, it's really hard to see based upon the last couple of games. I mean, the dramatic come from behind win, a very dramatic loss. Um, yeah. You know, just I want to go back to 2019 for a second when they had that terrible season and they had the other 7-2 loss. In that season, they also had a 0-5 loss to Monterey in Champions League. And they also had a 7-1 win in that season. 
that they was a very lost, up and down. They also lost to Dallas 6-0 in the last game. <laughs> yeah, that was a play the young guys, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the ownership group is probably going to make a decision midseason. My guess, realistically, is if a change is going to come, they're going to sit down with Peter in the offseason because he's so ingrained. What they, they can't fire him as coach and keep him as sporting director. And they can't fire him as sporting director and keep him as coach. Why not? Well, let me ask you, Cody, if we fired you as host of the pod but asked you to stay on the pod, would you do it? In a heartbeat. I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, David, you don't have that power here. <laughs> no, I don't know that. I don't know that it would be a situation of you're fired from this job and you get to keep, we'll let you keep doing this one. I think there would be a mutual decision at some, to some point that's like, you know, Peter, this is say this happens again next season. It's, you know, Peter, this was two seasons in a row. You were allowed to pick the team. We still like the way you run things on the field or vice versa, you know, either way. I'm just saying, I think, I think there is a, a, a very likely scenario where, he he just does one of those jobs. I think if it if if it goes either way, it would be re, remain as the sporting director, uh, and not the coach. But because I don't see it the other way around, we're Is getting there, into deep deep issues here. I still don't think that decision comes till the off season, though. I agree. You know, I would typically agree with you, but I'm going to go back to when Anafa was fired. He was fired with something like 10 games left in the season. And they were a certain amount of points. I don't remember the details now. I'd have to go look it back up. But they were within potentially getting into the playoffs at that point when he was fired. And one of my first questions would because Vermees was put in charge as an interim. He wasn't, he didn't, he didn't fire Anafo. The owners did. Um, a lot of people like, oh, you know, it, they think Vermees fired Anafo. It wasn't him. And because I was there at the time, I remember this very clearly, but when Vermees took over, I said, okay, so I guess the point is to get into the playoffs, right? And he goes, no. He goes, the point is to start changing the culture of this team. So if we make progress, then we make progress. But it wasn't because I, in my mind, from watching sports, if you fire somebody 10 games before the end of the season, it's because you're trying to get the playoffs. You're trying to get somebody to fire a spark and get in the playoffs. And it wasn't that. It was give him a chance to change the culture, weed out the guys who he thinks needs to stay and or change and go with that. So you could see a change in midseason from this ownership group. I think it's less likely than some, a lot of them, but I think you could. In that scenario, though, I think they had their guy. Peter's our guy. He's the one we want to control. Don't know if they have that now or even thinking about that. And who would that be? But that's a bigger question. Who would Jesse that Marsh. be? That's, Just, that's Jesse my... Marsh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. That, but honestly, that is my, that's my entire thing here. I'm, I'm fine with people being saying the way Vermees built this team is a failure this year. That's a failure. That's fine. And, and, and it is, in, in some fairness, it's a failure with a lot of bad luck. And with some bad luck, for sure. A lot. But, you know, I don't know. The whole buck stops here, whatever. That's, that's what yeah. fans of sports do. You know, oh, whatever. It's, you know, okay. His, his fault building the team there. I do try to be fair, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other question that a poster brought up was, is how much of this roster build is Brian Bliss, for example? We don't know exactly how that relationship works. But that's an interesting question. 
so yeah i mean so my my question beyond that is who else is out there that the the whole thing is why i can't imagine firing him is because okay just imagine today we we don't have a coach anymore vermis is gone there's like 25 mls teams that are just chomping at the bit to hire peter vermis to be their manager isn't is that true I mean, I, they, they'll have coaches. Anyone who anyone who is not in a good spot or has the ability to fire a coach is going to w- – would want Peter Vermees. It would be San a Jose. step up. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and it's going to be hard for Vermees to go anywhere where he's not basically totally in charge. Yeah. So there's that. But then on the technical director side, is there a – like, I don't even – I don't know any other MLS technical directors. Is that – I don't – I just don't think that that's a – because of the the way this league works and having to know the ins and outs and navigate all these ridiculous Garber rules and all of that, I, I don't think we could just go to South America and hire a technical director, right? That's or, not what you do. We, we yeah. only need to. We hire Mike Jacobs, technical director or general manager, I guess, for Nashville, who was assistant technical director under Ramiz. Bring him home. Nashville's been great. So... We we're gonna fire well, they, they we're gonna up fire the one guy and then hire his protege, who's gonna do things the same way. Well, I mean, I don't around, think he's gonna do things the same way. Sorry, Robert. Sorry, if you look around the league, I mean, you've got so many former MLS players. Chris Albright being another one, you know. But you got to look at head coaches too. Wolf. Chris Albright. Where's Chris Albright? Uh, he is technical director. Where now? You would call me out that exact team. Well, but I'm not, anyway. Not even that. I was. I'm just asking because it's like, is he good? That, that's what I'm asking. Like, who's a good technical director in this league? Whoever Seattle has, they have a good technical director and manager. Good. Throw them out. That's good. <laughs> Forget about that. That's one coach they wouldn't want. They wouldn't want Peter Vermees. They got a good coach. They got a good technical director. But I, I just, it it terrifies me. The thought of like tomorrow, not having Peter Vermees making these decisions. Yes, he can mess up. Yes, he has messed up. But oh my God, now we have to now we have to find someone. Oh my God, that just I can't even I can't even fathom. There's no one else out there. And He's still, and still the best choice for us right now. If you find somebody, they're only available because they've messed up. Exactly. <laughs> who do these? That's, oh my God, I just don't. Who do these people think we're gonna well, hire? Hold on, hold on. That's not necessarily true because we hired or Seattle hired Garth Lagerway. He'd been at Salt Lake and had been very successful at RSL. He didn't get fired. He chose to leave. They paid him enough money to make him leave. Happens all the time. David speaking to us from a bathroom, apparently. I don't know. Uh, kitchen. I, I told you I had a hard out. I'm, I'm staying on so that I can go woo at the end of the pod. Okay. We've missed yeah, and, and, and I have like three minutes, Cody. So. Well, my point, Cody, just was that you don't go to South America. You hire from people who know MLS former players be whatever it may but like you exactly said somebody needs to know the league and that's not a south american no that's for damn sure well just i needed to be known that i and i'm speaking for this pod that we are not even remotely close to being done with peter vermis and i i don't think it's i don't think it's happening this season and i wouldn't be surprised I'd like i mean i don't even if a, a terrible situation continues this season, I don't think it would happen this season. And I don't think that there's a better replacement for him anywhere. David, you were the one you I, like, you got closest to it earlier and said, I don't know that it's the right time, or I don't know that it's time to move on from Vermees. 
does that mean like you're inching closer to this? I think there's a reasonable argument for it. I think there's a reasonable argument against Daddy, it. Daddy. <laughs> Guys, that's a that's that's my son Teddy making his first cameo on the podcast. Yeah, and he's telling hey, Teddy. You, he's telling you to stop lending credence to this argument of fire for me. <laughs> he actually wants to look at Spider Man, um, <laughs> who I would be willing to let coach our team. Uh, Spider Man, yeah, that's not bad. I'd rather have him with Striker. Boy, genius. Um, Ooh, that's a good top five list. Top five super I, superheroes to coach sporting. Worst captain Kyrie though. Uh, uh, to, to play, to play for sporting. Ooh. Ooh, off-season, off-season pod right there. Good job, Pat. Okay, have we have we beaten this into the ground? Robert, what do you got? You want to add something? Here's what it will take. Losses to St. Louis City FC next year. Oof. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I think it's closer than what that you think, but I, I'm not suggesting it's like close this weekend, next week, or anything like that. But you do have to, you do have to worry when you have a – performance like this if you don't get some rebound in the next or have a clear plan of how to fix yeah so and that that they have to feel that um not only that he has a clear plan but that he's the right guy to execute that plan so his plan might be we've already signed or we've already identified these three players that we're going to try to bring in in the offseat or in the the transfer window the summer transfer window but i from some chatting I've done, they don't have big money to spend on that transfer window. Yeah. Cause you have to go within the salary cap of, and the, the funds that are there. It's not just this because of DPs, you can't just go get a DP. You have to get, you're talking a TAM guy. So you have to get a TAM guy that could be a fake DP for half a season and then become DP next year. But there's a lot of manipulations around that, but you're not talking like you can go get just a superstar to come in and make this team better over the off season or so the I, transfer window. Here, I'll or you the, look inside the league. I'll, I'll leave it with this, with this thought, this, this situation feels to me like it would be like, uh, so that I know you're saying it's closer than closer than I might think. I understand that you reach a point where a decision just has to be made. You need to do something to appease fans, et cetera, et cetera. But let's, let's just look at the chiefs. For instance, we have Andy Reed as our head coach. Because Philadelphia just got to a point, they knew they had a good coach. He was getting them to the playoffs regularly, but all oh, they just couldn't, they, they wanted a Super Bowl. For them, their specific situation, they needed to get to the next level. Yeah. So they had to move on. And boom, all of a sudden the Chiefs just get this legendary, now a legendary coach is up for grabs that the Chiefs just get. Now the Chiefs have the, are like our greatest coach we're, we're ever gonna have. And the same thing with, uh, with Tottenham, Pochettino. The, the world rejoiced when Tottenham was just like, well, you know, we need to make a decision and move on. The world rejoiced that Mauricio Pochettino was available and that he, he almost got to take his pick from any club around the world. Yeah, and I went woohoo. That's <laughs> so that's like where I am with this. Like, I understand, you know, fans are frustrated and all that. And, you know, we might eventually just have to get to a point where you got to make the you got to make a decision like that. But. I'll just never get over that of where there's so many teams that are just going to be applauding and cheering that this great coach and insane soccer mind is available. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, can't even disagree. Vermeer, no well, I have something to say. I'm just not going to say it. <laughs> it's for yeah. another plus, plus, I got to go. So, all right, guys, enjoy your dinner and go sporting. Woo!
Yeah.